Thank you for listening to the Kol Hadash podcast. In this episode, Rabbi Adam Shalom concludes the High Holidays with an atypical and humanistic interpretation of the Jonah story from the Bible. Listen as Rabbi Shalom discusses the human need for hope. The traditional Yom Kippur story is Jonah, the prophet who receives the call but flees away, down to the shore, down to the docks, down onto a ship, and then down into the depths of that ship, where he lies down and falls asleep. When a storm comes, Jonah is thrown down into the ocean, gulped down by a great fish, and then taken down to the bottom of the sea. From the depths, Jonah repents and begins to find his way back up, first up onto shore, and then back to the life he was supposed to lead. Why is Jonah the traditional Yom Kippur story? The message is, it's never too late to repent. The message I want to share with you from the story of Jonah at the end of our Yom Kippur, the beginning of our new year, is that there is a way out of the dark deep. When we lose someone we love, we can feel buried, drowned by grief, and we sink down to the couch, down to the bed, down into each other's arms. Eventually we learn that grief is like waves. Grief rushes in and floods over us, but then grief recedes and then returns. As the tide of grief gradually goes out, we are covered less and less and have our feet under us more and more. We find our way out of the depths, back onto shore, and then make our way back into life. These high holidays, we have explored what we really need. Of course, no four or seven or forty sermons can cover everything we need to feel fulfilled. But what we have explored are all crucial elements to such a life. Joy, beauty, balance, and purpose are all valuable. And so too is hope, the feeling that even as we fall, we will also rise. Hope is almost too easy to talk about as a basic human need. When we are hopeless, we feel helpless. Helplessness leads to despair, and despair leads to depression, and we all know how depression affects survival. Traditional religions, including Judaism, have offered all kinds of cosmic hopes, miraculous healing and deliverance, the messianic age, even the resurrection of the dead and the world to come. With all of these supernatural promises, the loss of this life has always been important. People still cry at religious funerals. We Jews, we humans, are very concerned about who will live and who will die, to quote a famous High Holidays prayer. Trading the sure thing of this life for an abstract hope, a dream, a doubt, that trade is no bargain. True, we cannot be certain about life. We do not know how long we have left. We do not know what our quality of life will be. We do not know on what health challenge our roulette wheel of aging will fall. We can live in fear, or we can live in hope. 
The poet Wendell Berry admires animals who do not tax their lives with the forethought of grief. Grief will come. Do not give it more than its due. Just as with joy, it is useless to command someone to be hopeful. I can ask you to stand or sit or speak or be silent, but I cannot make you feel anything if what I say does not resonate with you. So simply saying, be hopeful, is not helpful. Just as we find our own way to joy and to beauty and to balance and purpose, and yet we learn from each other, so too can we learn some of the ways to hope. Hope is no alternative. One of the, the, one of the few comments mourners describe as helpful is when they are told, you will get through this. You will survive. In the depths of despair, we come to a crossroads, to drown or to swim, to wallow or to rise. There is a time to mourn and a time to return to life, and one does not betray the other. If you live, you can still mourn, and you can mourn without betraying life. But there is no living alternative to believing that the dawn will come. For a time, we just put one foot in front of the other, and eventually we realize that we are walking. Hope is repeat business. Those waves of memory and loss will return at unexpected moments. It could be a yard site, a death anniversary, or a memorial service like this one, or a family holiday celebration, or a birthday, or an anniversary, or it could just be an ordinary event that reminds you of loss. A funeral director I know in Michigan tells the story of the time that he went to buy a car, and he cried because he and his wife had had a stillborn child, and many years later when he went to buy a car and was filling out the date on the check, he realized that that date would have been his daughter's 16th birthday, and he would have been buying her the car. And he started to cry in the salesman's office, and, and the salesman came in and said, what's wrong, what's wrong? And he responded, nothing's wrong, this is life. And he says, you don't get over it, you get used to it. And that's why we need hope. Hope is a choice. We can look at the realities of life in many ways. We can consider all that we have lost and are going to lose, all that is wrong with life, all that stands in the way of our happiness, all that we need and cannot find, all that we want and cannot have, and we can go down to the water of despair, lie down and sink into the depths. Or we can accept that same reality, but look at it the other way. All that we have and will gain, all that is right, all that brings us joy, all that we have that we need and want, all that we are together that makes life possible and meaningful here and now. Our sense of purpose looks back at our experience and finds meaning. Joy and beauty are both deep memories and powerful moments here and now. Balance is the presence of mind to put it all together. And hope 
looks forward, mindful of what was before, brave enough to face what might be, strong enough to remember and to mourn. Maya Angelou's poem, On the Pulse of Mourning, speaks of day after night, of new beginnings, of the perspective granted by time and the hope given by the dawn. She wrote The Pulse of Mourning, as in day, but we can read excerpts now as The Pulse of Mourning, as in grief, and it still resonates, and it still inspires hope. A rock, a river, a tree, hosts to species long since departed marked the mastodon, the dinosaur who left dry tokens of their sojourn here on our planet floor. Any broad alarm of their hastening doom is lost in the gloom of dust and ages. But today the rock cries out to us clearly, forcefully, Come, you may stand upon my back and face your distant destiny, but seek no haven in my shadow. I am the tree planted by the river, which will not be moved. I, the rock, I, the river, I, the tree, I am yours. Your passages have been paid. Lift up your faces. You have a piercing need for this bright morning dawning for you. History, despite its wrenching pain, cannot be unlived, and if faced with courage, need not be lived again. Lift up your hearts, for each new hour holds new chances for new beginnings. Do not be wedded forever to fear, yoked eternally to brutishness. The horizon leans forward, offering you space to place new steps of change. Here, on the pulse of this fine day, you may have the courage to look up and out upon me, the rock, the river, the tree, your country. Here, on the pulse of this new day, you may have the grace to look up and out and into your sister's eyes, into your brother's face, your country, and say simply, very simply, with hope, good morning. A happy and hopeful Shana Tova and New Year to all. This podcast was recorded and produced by Ken Burke on behalf of Rabbi Shalom and Kol Hadash in conjunction with Repatriation Studios. I'm Ken Burke, and thank you for listening.